0: Hello and welcome to On The Stool. This episode I am interviewing Don Biswas, who has been going for 15 years and he's got an agent, so I'm looking forward to this interview. Now, before we move on to, to the interview itself, I just wanted to talk about the launch. So. I I launched over the weekend and, you know, it was very exciting. I had free interviews ready to go. One of the interviews was with a comedian who had 10,000 Twitter followers, right? Just a huge following. So obviously, I visualized the whole thing in advance. You know, he's going to post the interview to his 10,000 followers, and it's going to get so much traction, my podcast, it's going to be on all these, like, hit lists, you know, on Twitter and stuff, and I'm going to screenshot it, send it to my mom, it's going to be a big celebration, everything's paid off, etc. Um, yeah, so that didn't happen. Um... I mean, he did, he did post it. He he posted it on his Twitter uh, with, you know, with 10,000 followers. And not, not many people bothered to, to sort of click on the link. In fact, I've got the stats here, seven people clicked on the link. So, you know, on, on, on the plus side. I know for a fact that seven people have listened to the interview. Is that enough? You know, probably not. I don't know. I I mean, I I, quite frankly, I don't understand it. You know, 10,000 followers and then you've got seven views out of that. You know, how does that? It just doesn't make any sense you know so, so yeah i'm a bit disappointed but i'm not going to keep going on about this right i mean obviously you make an effort you contact the guy you know he agrees then you have a call before the interview to explain i'm going to be asking hard questions great okay then there's the admin then we're doing the interview then i have to you know get someone to edit it give them you know my comments for the edit that's that's a lot of time isn't it? You know, that that's, that's definitely more than a few hours. I mean, I could have probably baked like four cakes in that time. You know, but I didn't. I, I ended up with an interview instead, which has got seven views. You know, that's seven. That's a single digit number, that, isn't it? Seven views. That's, um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm trying to visualize it, and I'm thinking of a big Sainsbury's, and and it, it's the amount of people in one aisle on a very quiet Sunday morning, right? And it's not even the busy aisle; it's like the shitty toiletries aisle, you know. That's the anyway. So so those seven people watched it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep going on about it, am I? I'm just gonna move on. Um, so uh, plotting on onto the interview, very excited about this one. It's Don Business. So please welcome Don Business. Don Business, welcome. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, no worries. I'm very delighted that you agreed to come on.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, see what happens. Um...
0: Yeah, very unpredictable, these things. So, just to uh, sort of reiterate, I'm going to be asking you some difficult questions, and you have the right to invoke the the bruised ego ego button twice during this interview, um, or you can use a safe word if you like.
1: Just uh, yeah, bruised ego button sounds fine. Yeah, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> great,
0: great stuff. Um, so, uh, Don, could you describe your act for us, perhaps?
1: Can I use the bruised ego button now, please? Is it okay? Um, uh, actually, I'm I mean, gonna. I'm gonna. You have I'm, two.
0: So yeah, it's it's. Yeah, yeah actually, okay.
1: this is not for me. I'm gonna go now. It's uh, the bruised ego button. Now I'm only kidding. No, describe my act. Uh, uh, my act. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. So that's my act. I talk mm-hmm. about politics. I talk about having various learning difficulties. Uh, uh, if I mention all of them now, this podcast will run out of time. So I've got dyspraxia, Asperger's. I'm left-handed i'm indian so
0: gosh i'm not i'm not sure indian belongs in that list of, of things
1: but yeah, it could be you know uh we're disadvantaged aren't we well, well i'm sounding too woke now aren't i but yeah uh i took a lot of boxes that's what i'm trying to say so yeah so i yeah. have a lot of intersectionalities so i'm left-handed uh uh what else mm.
0: left-handed has that been a challenge so far in your life
1: yeah it has actually because um uh uh, because most things are right hand. We live in a right-handed society, and we're continually being discriminated against. So, so yeah.
0: Okay. So how how else is this affecting your life? Are you eating with the the left hand as well? Then.
1: Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm eating mm-hmm. with the left hand. So yeah. So I have to change my knife and fork around. So it's it's affected me emotionally a lot as well. So and that that's a group you don't hear about.
0: Yeah. Can you give us an example of how it's affected you emotionally, perhaps?
1: it means that i have to spend more money on left-handed products okay
0: so, so
1: uh it means means i've got no money left for therapy so because i spend more money on left wing not left wing left-handed products i've got no money for therapy so i get more stressed yeah. about it and mental so yeah so well, that's
0: that's difficult isn't it because you, you, you do want to afford therapy especially if you're a comedian. Um...
1: Exactly. That's why I went into stand-up comedy, because I couldn't afford therapy, spending too much money on left-handed products. So now I speak Mm -hmm. to the audience. Uh, My comedy gigs are more counselling sessions than actual me being funny. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I haven't got a comedy gig um, this week, so I'm using this as a counselling session.
0: Well, that's quite all right. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, it's um, you're not getting paid for this either. So I guess that kind of matches the the stand-up. So that's good. It all boils down Um, to my mother. Oh, right. Does it?
1: Yeah, she's overbearing. And okay.
0: Right, right. So uh, do, you, do you live with your mother? or?
1: Yes, I do. Yeah.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Well, you're saving rent, but then sort of getting emotionally damaged in the meantime.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, because mm. she's a right-handed fascist. So that's the problem. She's right-handed. She's overbearing Indian. She's right-handed. So all the products in our house are right-handed. And that's the thing. So I have to buy my own left-handed products. Uh, so I'm in a lot of debt.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, what other challenges do you have in your relationship with your mother?
1: Generally, uh she's just worries all the time about me. Uh, uh, she's disabled at the moment because she's in a wheelchair because she's got she, she's in a pensionable age, so she's got problems with her hip. So, oh no. So the t- the challenges, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't give her too much sympathy. Don't worry about it. But uh, right. the other challenges is yeah, just we have to look. Cause I've got mental health problems. Uh, she's got physical problems so we have to look after each other so the challenges are just looking after her during mm-hmm. the lockdown so
0: mm-hmm.
1: because we have to socially distance so there's no one else to help around so
0: yeah well it's it's good that you've managed to sort of be there for her I think I'm sure she appreciates that so Don could you tell us um, what brought you to comedy
1: I went to an open mic night with my sister I wasn't funny at the start but I just kept doing it and kept going
0: yeah at what point in time did you become funny?
1: I came, became funny when the microphone and the microphone stands were left-handed friendly. So that's when I knew, yeah, yeah, this is for me. So
0: so I, I, I'm sensing this left-hand thing is becoming a theme. Is going to probably continue to be a very annoying Red thread throughout this podcast.
1: Yeah, unless I can find something funnier to say, which is probably no. Yeah, let,
0: let's hope. Let's hope we can. So Don, tell us, what do you think is missing in your act?
1: Charisma, charm. The, the ability to have a decent stage performance, because I'm a decent gag writer, but sometimes I muffle my words. I've got a weird stage presence because I'm slightly autistic, so it took me a long time to look at, look into the eyes of the audience. I mean, I gigged on the London Open Mic Circuit, so there wasn't one, but you know, but when there was, it took me a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so you you've kind of brought up a lot of challenges there. Uh, what do you think you could do to exude more charm? Is there anything that we could we could do?
1: No. I've got charm, but it's more nervous. And maybe that's an antidote to the slick comedians you see.
0: Right. So aside from the nervy charm, you mentioned you mentioned sort of stage presence. Now, what what do you think we can do to help your stage presence? Maybe I mean, could we change the physical appearance? Could we put accessories in, in your hair? What are you thinking of the options here?
1: When it's lockdown, I definitely need a haircut. Uh, maybe put okay. some accessories in my hair. Uh, okay.
0: What, what kind of accessories would you, would you like?
1: Anything from Claire Accessories, the shop. So once it opens, anything like rubber bands, hair bands, clips. I've got a lot of hair. That's so a, anything. That's, I mean,
0: that's a very cheap uh, option. I mean, because you, you know, this is a hypothetical scenario. What, you know, can't you go for a more high-end product in your hair?
1: No, that's fine. Because then uh, if my jokes file, fail, I can pretend I'm a prop comedian so you know i've got two okay. things so so, so you want that's... them
0: to sort of look quite big exaggerated and vulgar the accessories
1: exactly it'd be mm-hmm. a welcome distraction so uh they'll remember me oh uh, yeah i don't remember his jokes but he had some nice accessories or terrible accessories in his hair so and plus also i can get sponsorship from claire's accessory as well so that could be a second revenue stream
0: um yeah, I mean I I suppose that that's true, that's true. It could be you know something for the paid ads, etc. I suppose in order to have that sponsorship you would probably need to be of a certain level, right? You you probably need like the million Twitter followers or something like that.
1: I've got 3000 at the moment, so I'm working on it.
0: Mm. Yeah. You're also a uh, well. If if I if I dare say so, you're also a short comedian. Do you think this reduces your stage presence?
1: No, it doesn't because uh, I luckily I haven't got the angry short man syndrome, so okay. it, it, it 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 doesn't. And I uh, I don't think you want every comedian. as Long as you're funny, I don't think you want every comedian to be tall, like six foot the chisel jaw and stuff like that that'd be just boring so yeah i think it can help me because it's something different
0: something different about you yeah do, do you ever come across um challenges with the with the mic stand you know if, if a, a particularly tall comedian has just spin on and they put it very high do you have to sort of fumble with that for a few minutes
1: well i can play to that i just say it's too high for me and the audience automatically laugh but what I've done that to challenge that, that at every gig, I do that, audience automatically laugh. But at every gig now on the side, I also bring a stepladder with me just in case that does happen. So the uh-huh. audience laugh, I bring out my stepladder, and, you know, that helps me. So,
0: I mean, the stepladder, that, that's definitely going more into prop comedy now.
1: Claire's Accessory Stepladders. Yeah, yeah, it's prop comedy, yeah. but it's, it's super useful. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, well I think maybe... Claire's accessories would also be more willing to to sponsor you if you if you can kind of already prove that you have experience with props, right?
1: Yeah, and maybe I could put Claire's accessory on the stepladder so they can see the actual sponsorship. And on the mic stand as well.
0: Yeah. I suppose that would only really work if, if the stage is elevated and a lot of the open mics, the stage isn't actually elevated, so...
1: No, yeah. The only way I can combat that is I have to bring my own stage to a gig and that's going to be very heavy to carry around <laughs> the tube, so... I might do that or get a foldable stage. So
0: I mean that's a that's that's quite an exhausting road to sponsorship, isn't it? Carrying your own stage to, from gig to gig.
1: Not really, because during lockdown I've gained about a stone in weight, so I can burn that off by carrying a stage from gig to gig. So it's quite good. I get a cardio okay. workout, kill two birds with a stone. So I don't have to go to the gym. I save money on the gym. That money I save on the gym I could use to buy left handed products.
0: Yeah, yeah. That all makes sense. That all makes sense. So uh, we're going round
1: in circles. So yeah. So yeah. I mean,
0: let's. I, I guess there is a risk of you hurting your back, though, if you're carrying a stage around. So we'll have to take that into consideration.
1: I work in a during the daytime, three days a week uh, in a post room, and I have my manual handling training, so it shouldn't be a problem.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. Well, you know, Claire's accessories. If anyone's listening to this, uh, you know, someone's up for up for sponsorship. That's good. So Don, uh, tell us, how how do you think it's it's going so far in your comedy career?
1: It's going very slowly. Uh, I've been doing it for 14 years, but uh, the good thing is I've let it grow organically, so I haven't forced it. So uh, I'm enjoying, even though I'm not where I want to be after 14 years, I'm still really enjoying it.
0: Okay, so so 14 years is is quite a long time. Um, do you think, looking back, is there anything you could have done to perhaps enhance the 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 progress and the success rate a little bit in those 14 years?
1: I think uh, one thing uh, is to work harder, get your followers on Twitter, keep developing material, write an Edinburgh show and stuff like that, keep networking. I never did any of that. I was just a bit, to be honest, a bit lazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Mhm okay okay a bit a bit lazy right i mean is there anything that you could do to be to be less lazy do you think
1: uh i think motivation is the thing so um i try and have motivations to keep me active
0: okay um i, I suppose i've I've heard this that exercise also helps motivation maybe vitamin pills as well
1: yeah i take vitamin pills on a daily basis yeah yeah so that's good and uh uh, and soon when the circuit reopens, I'm able to carry a makeshift stage as well and a stepladder. So, so that's going to be uh, my cardio workout as well. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, you mentioned um, having a dyspraxia. Has this been a challenge in your comedy career?
1: Fuck no. It's been great. It's given me 60 minutes of new material. It's easy. I can stop talking about being Asian because there's too much competition in that market. It's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. For a made-up condition as well. <laughs> no it's not made up but yeah it's been great i've just got more material i can i can read like 30 dyspraxia jokes a day because it's just easy i just do variations of my old jokes
0: now you kind of made a joke there about you know making up a a condition but but really do you think that having dyspraxia actually um uh, differentiates you from all the other comedians out there
1: uh used to do but now there's other comedians trying to get into my um territory and talk about dyspraxia there's other dyspraxia comedians and i must take them out so Mm. so it used to but now there's more comedians talking about it
0: do you think the market has a demand for you
1: yeah i think yeah because there's there's not every day you see a comedian talk about dyspraxia conspiracy theories politics is overbearing indian mother so it has a market for me in that sense because uh i'm not just the. i don't like to use this term but i'm not just a your average comedian talking about average subjects like Tinder or having kids and stuff like that. I stand out from the crowd from a little bit there. Whether mm. I'm funnier than other guys, it doesn't matter. It's just something different.
0: Do you think that when you go on stage and and you talk about you know these um, issues that are quite important to you, like you know uh, politics and dyspraxia and 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 your overbearing mother, uh, do you think maybe some of the audience uh, wishes that you were talking about Tinder?
1: I think making jokes about Tinder is absolutely lazy, personally for Mm. me. And Mm. any comedian who talks about Tinder is absolutely lazy. And when I tell them this, they swipe left. But uh, from my point of view, they might have wanted lighthearted things. But if you can make a difficult subject more funny and make it lighthearted, I find it more rewarding.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. What have been your uh, biggest struggles in comedy? Trying to get to gigs because I often get lost.
1: In all seriousness, another big thing is confidence. That's been my biggest struggle, confidence. Uh, I know, and I've been serious here for a moment, I know I'm a funny girl. I know I make people laugh. And some of the stuff I talk about may be niche. and I'm worried that I'm not your every man type of comedian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know I'm funny, and I know I can make people laugh, and i just got to be more confident with myself. So, so, And I think uh, I was discussing this with a friend the other day. A lot of people I know in comedy, and I'm not trying to generalise, who've done well, are privately educated, and they've got that inner confidence built within them. So their the comedy may not be the greatest, but because they've got that confidence, so confidence is a hugely important thing for anyone who wants to make a success in life, especially in comedy. You need that mm. confidence to progress. You need to believe mm-hmm. in yourself.
0: Why are you uh, not on television yet, Dawn?
1: Because my mum won't let me on it, so I'll break it, especially with this lockdown wait.
0: Is that the first time you've uh you, you, you sit on furniture without your mother's blessing?
1: Yeah, yeah, I sit on lots of furniture. So at the moment I'm sitting on a chair. So
0: Well that's sort of classic arrangement. I'm sure that's
1: yeah. You get you get two types of you get the classic arrangement and an orthodox arrangement where you can sit on the television, you can sit on a radio or you know, mm. on a bed. So and but I like the I prefer the classic arrangement of sitting on a chair. So I'm a bit of an orthodox.
0: What is it that brought you to sit on the television? Were you sort of angry that you were not on it? Or what was the motivation behind it?
1: Just laziness, you know, I couldn't find the chair. So, you know, this TV looks quite sturdy. I'm just going to sit on it. So, you know, and I ended up breaking it. Oh, gosh. I broke into TV then.
0: Okay, so aside from the physical breaking of your television set, why do you think you are not on television, considering that you have an agent?
1: I just recently got the agent and uh, it takes time. Uh, Uh One of the reasons why I wasn't on it before, because I simply, I wasn't ready. I've been going 14 years. It could take me a few years to be the finished article and still I've got a lot to learn. So I'm not the finished product. It's taken me a long time to craft my material, to get the stage presence and so forth.
0: Okay. Okay. And so going back to the networking, you mentioned sort of it would be great if you could network more in order to be more more successful. Well, what do you think you could do to find an alternative for networking?
1: I'm slightly on the spectrum. I'm not the best conversationalist. The only reason why I did this podcast is because you share your name with a big TV producer. So I've got the wrong Rosanna. So, but I'm happy to do it now. I really enjoyed it. But, you know, so. Mm.
0: Well, I'm sorry to disappoint. I'm not related to the TV producer. I can't get you on TV, I'm afraid. Radio? But, um, I'm not related, Don, to the producer. I, I, no, I, I don't know Thanks, it anyway. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Don, if there was a film made of, of your life, right, what do you think the trailer would show?
1: It would show me the struggles of growing up in Wimbledon in a semi-detached house uh, with dyspraxia coming from a traditional middle-class English family. Uh, Getting sacked from every job I ever had, and going into comedy. So it'll be like a it'll be a coming of an age story. So, mm-hmm. and then it'll be me uh, conquering comedy. And at the end of the film, it'll show me like my most successful moment, which is getting that sponsorship with Claire's accessories. So, so yeah, so that'll be the end. So yeah, so struggling suburban boy with learning difficulties to success yeah. moderately successful comedian who gets sponsorship with a with a retailer. so that'll be uh, it's a story that no one has heard before but probably no one wants to hear
0: now drawing towards the end of this uh of this interview don do you think you have learned anything about yourself throughout the the past uh, half hour
1: yes that i chat absolute crap (laughs) Uh, but uh if i've learned anything i don't think i've learned anything i just uh, one one thing i've learned is just uh in myself is just to be more confident, and uh, in, in moments of sincerity, I'm talking now. Yeah, just to be more confident. That's all. Yeah, and uh, that uh, I think we should help other people. So yeah, if if we become successful, we should help other people who helped us during that journey. You know, other people who struggled. You know, I know that sounds a bit cheesy and a bit cliched, but yeah,
0: that's it. So, so how um, can you give us a few examples? How can we, in I mean, obviously in in the kind of way that takes the least effort, how can we help other people?
1: Well, for instance, with other comedians, you can help them by giving them gig lists and stuff like that. They show them where the best gigs are, what podcasts to do and stuff like that. So and recommend them for gigs. That's the that's the best way you could do. And, uh, okay. so, and if you don't if you don't think that comedian's funny enough, just give them a Claire's accessory.
0: Mm, mm. I, I think it's quite noble of you that out of out of all the sort of people in the world you've, you've chosen to um, help comedians.
1: I think they need the most help. Have you seen us a lot? We've got undiagnosed learning difficulties, you know. Probably half sure. the circuit is autistic, but they don't know <laughs> it, do they? So, so comedians need the most help. Well, why would they go on stage and speak to total strangers?
0: Great. Well, Don, uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Don Business, everyone. Don Business. Cheers.